0: Testing testing. Still way too loud. Can get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Happy February, my neurodivergent friends, even though we've been in February for a minute. I apologize that last week, you did not have an episode that came to your ears, even though I have quite a few in my queue in my bank of great interviews that I did about ADHD with other people that I just have not edited yet. There's one that I've been working on now for a few weeks that I cannot wait to share with you. There's just one small issue is that they were my dream guest and I don't know how to make me not sound like such an idiot or fangirl on that interview, but when I figure out how to make me stop sounding like me, (laughs) then it will come to your podcast player, I promise. Before we get into this week's episode, I need to give a shout out to the new Patreons of the NeuroDivergent Nurse. There are three new members to the family of the NeuroDivergent Nurse. And the first one is Bethany Chamberlain. The second one is Stella Rogers. And the third one is Diane Scott. If you are listening to this podcast... I just want to tell you publicly, welcome and thank you for supporting the podcast. Also, if you did not notice the message that I sent you privately, if you want to, send me your address because February 17th, I will be going out of town to celebrate my mom's birthday. And you know, as always, when I go on vacation out of town, I have to pick up some postcards to send to the Patreons. And for those of you who are listening, if you want to join the family, you can go to patreon.com slash the Nurse and sign up for any tier, send me your address, and I'll be sure to send you a postcard too. This week, I'm gonna talk to you about something that you may have never heard of, but I guarantee you that you know all too well. I can't remember where or when I first heard about this, But as I began reading about it, I was thinking, oh my gosh, yes, that's so true. And the more and more that I read, the more that I found out that it's something that people with ADHD really struggle with. And that is revenge bedtime procrastination. According to the Sleep Foundation, revenge bedtime procrastination describes the decision to sacrifice sleep for leisure time. To simplify it, it just means putting off sleep in favor of me time activities. You know, like watching Netflix or scrolling through social media, which results in next day exhaustion. Obviously, it's no surprise that this is really an unhealthy sleep habit. But those of us with ADHD are particularly prone to it. Revenge bedtime procrastination is especially likely when busy schedules and daily responsibilities prevent the enjoyment of me time earlier in the day. The idea is that you're getting revenge on all the life stressors and obligations by delaying your sleep so that you can enjoy the things that you want to. It goes without saying that sacrificing sleep, especially for those of us with ADHD, carries a fair share of consequences. You know, like exhaustion, poor productivity, health ramifications, shame, not to mention that lack of sleep can exacerbate the symptoms of ADHD. The term took off during the pandemic as sleep problems and psychological stresses, you know, skyrocketed. As I said earlier, anyone can engage in revenge bedtime procrastination but people with high stress, busy lives, and poor time management skills might be more likely to put off sleep for that personal time. That demographic is heavily weighted towards women who as a group lost significant personal time during the pandemic as they took on a greater share of parenting and housework compared to men. Don't get mad at me, it's statistics. Even though it's a relatively new term, it's not a new concept to researchers. The behavior which is defined as going to bed late without external reasons and with the understanding that a delay will result in negative consequences, is conceptualized as a self-regulation problem. You know, what else is often described as a self-regulation problem? Yeah. ADHD. As I'm sure you're aware, research shows that people with ADHD experience problems with virtually all aspects of sleep, which include difficulty falling and staying asleep, daytime sleepiness, poor sleep quality, and difficulty waking up. It's also been proven that ADHD is associated with preference for a later bedtime. I cannot pronounce that phrase. I wish that you could hear the bloopers of the 20 times I have tried to say increased ADHD. Eveningness. I think I got it that time. Well, that's what it's called the preference for a later bedtime. Let's talk about some other reasons why people with ADHD engage in revenge bedtime procrastination. The first one is we really have difficulties with self regulation. That is central to ADHD, and this can cause a range of challenges like impulsivity, hyperfocus, dopamine seeking behavior, problems with transitions, and more. And that can lay the groundwork for revenge bedtime procrastination. The next one, rumination. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You might opt to do literally anything other than lie in bed trying to shut off your overactive mind. The next one. Stimulation. To avert boredom and to regain control of the day, the ADHD brain may choose to go without sleep for stimulation. Technology is the most accessible source of that stimulation. Another duh reason to me is because of time blindness. People who struggle with time estimation and discrimination may not notice when it's time to wind down for bed. You know, we're so good at saying, okay, I'm only going to do this for 30 minutes or an hour. And the next thing we know, four hours have gone by. And of course, ADHD medication can also play a role in this. Sleep problems are one of the most common side effects of stimulant medication. It's weird because even when I was putting this together from sources and I'm finding out what are the ways that I can talk to other people and obviously take my own advice to not deal with this revenge procrastination. It's so strange and it's so odd to think about doing the things that are healthy and good so that I don't have to worry about being so exhausted. If you look at my sleep time on my Fitbit, you will see that I get four hours and 30 minutes here, four hours and 45 minutes here. It's not a lot of time that I sleep and I laugh about it, but it's really not healthy for me. But there's a piece of me that I don't necessarily want to give that up because I do enjoy just that quiet private time that is only for me, that I don't have to worry about the text messages that I'm getting, the phone calls, the emails that I need to be replying to, the time that I need to be studying, etc, etc, etc. So if you're feeling that way while you're listening to this episode, I get it. I really do. But let's be honest, it's really not good for us. So I'm going to give you some ways that we can start changing the way that we go about this so that we can live a bit of a healthier and Kind of a happier life because if we're healthier, we might be happier too, right? Y'all, if you like this show, please consider joining the NeuroDivergent Nurse Podcast Patreon. It shows how much you care and it allows me to continue to produce these episodes week after week. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes and some pretty great fan mail from time to time as a thank you. And please, Please rate and review the more reviews, the more attention, and that increases the likelihood that other people who struggle with neurodivergency will be reached. If you're interested in joining the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash the neurodivergent nurse. The first thing that we have to do, we have to reinvest in our daytime hours. That means that we have to plan satisfying and tiring activities during the day. We really need to stick to a schedule that prioritizes doing this. That will make revenge bedtime procrastination less tempting. Also, going along with that, we need to start prioritizing ourselves. Let's be honest. We readily give away too much of our energy to other people throughout the day. It's tough. But you have to learn to put yourself first consistently so that you don't feel so deprived at night. This goes back to what I was just saying about my preference for doing those things, the me time at night time, because I feel so bogged down at needing to reply to other people and I need to do all the things for the people. Start learning to put yourself first and to do the things that you want to do. Step number two in the strategies to get to bed is that we need to practice good sleep hygiene. That means that we have to follow a bedtime routine. I really dislike the word routine. (laughs) It makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. Maybe one day I will come up with another word that doesn't give me those feelings when I hear routine. Anyway, go to bed and wake up around the same time, even on the weekends. Consider changing your bedtime cue. Set an alarm, write in a journal, Do some mindfulness activities. If you're not really sure how to do that, I made a podcast episode a while back. Go check it out. Get some tips. And doing that will help you to break out of that old routine. Take some steps to streamline bedtime preparation. And that's also going to decrease your bedtime resistance. Part of the good sleep hygiene is also to avoid screens at least an hour before bed. Bright blue light exposure from electronic devices is similar to sunlight exposure, and it interferes with your sleep. Also, try to avoid naps during the day, especially if you have trouble falling asleep at night. Adenosine, a chemical that's linked to sleepiness, builds up when we're awake and it decreases as we sleep. Napping, therefore, may deplete the chemical that we need in order to get that good night's sleep. Number three, you're going to set your circadian clock. Now, I know that a circadian rhythm is something that is natural to every person, and it is different to every person. But what we do when we're awake is connected to how quickly we fall asleep, whether we stay asleep, and how we feel when we wake up the next morning. That's our circadian rhythm at work, or our body's natural cycles that help control our daily schedules and regulate sleep. Light and dark. Govern the circadian rhythm. Sunlight cues the body that it's time to wake up. Darkness produces melatonin, which makes us sleepy. That's why it's also really important to avoid those screens at nighttime. Make it a priority to incorporate early morning sunlight and sunsets into your days as natural sleep-wake cues. I guess that means I have to get rid of my blackout curtains, doesn't it? Number four is exercise. Exercise improves sleep quality and overall health. It also affects the circadian clock. So why don't we just knock out two birds with one stone by exercising in the early morning sunlight? Number five, we need to quiet our minds. If your mind is buzzing with thoughts and worries, write them in a journal. Consider it a brain dump. Research shows that expressive writing can help improve sleep and reduce stress. Number six, consider or adjust ADHD medication. Talk to your doctor about your sleep problems. Stimulants may help improve sleep in adults with ADHD. At the same time, since medication may also contribute to sleep difficulties, talk to your doctor about adjusting the dose or trying another medication, especially if your sleep problems appear after a new medication was started. Now, let's put it all together so that we can change some of our habits for better sleep. As we know, habits are key to all behavior change. And a must for breaking out of the revenge bedtime procrastination cycle. To increase your chances of creating better sleep habits, you need to set your vision. Don't try to overhaul your sleep schedule all at once. Start with just changing a small habit. And by doing that, it's going to increase the likelihood of your follow-through. We also need to connect to our intention. Ask yourself, Why do I want to get into bed at a certain time? Why do I want to stop engaging in revenge bedtime procrastination? And of course, you're going to have to apply the effort. And that effort is going to have to be consistent and it's going to have to be purposeful. How do you do that, you may ask? Well, choose a word that encapsulates your intention or the reward that comes with better sleep, joy, energy, calm, peace. Repeat this word to yourself as you're getting ready for bed. Figure out what triggers positive emotion to get you into bed. If challenges excite you, turn your bedtime plan into a game. You know, kind of like Cinderella racing home before the last stroke of midnight. If humor does it for you, incorporate something funny into your routine. And of course, believe in yourself and your ability to enact change wholeheartedly. Know that you will fight constantly against the identity that is connected to the old habit as i say with everything that you do and every small or big thing you accomplish celebrate it celebrate once you're in bed but you know not in a way that's going to disrupt your sleep focus on the happy contented feeling of keeping your intention it will drive you to do it all again the next day start with a week of that habit getting into bed going to sleep at an appropriate time and once you complete that week's worth reward yourself for it i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the neurodivergent nurse if you did be sure to give it five stars and leave a comment so that other people can find this podcast as well i know it's been just a minute but let's end this week's episode with a joke did you know that the umbrella was actually originally supposed to be called umbrella, but the creator hesitated. I hope you have a wonderful week and I can't wait to talk to you again.